Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and uh, once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I remember to unmute my mic this time, so, so we were actually able to get off to a good start, believe it or not. Um, I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I'm doing I'm very learning. well. All right. We've got, we got a great show for you. Uh, we're going to be joined momentarily uh, by a very special guest, uh, another LPJ Epson Tour player, uh, Austin Kim. She's going to be joining us. And then you and I, Cindy, are going to dip our toes once again into the no-BS zone a little bit later on in the program. We're going to talk about a, a really a topic that I think is really overlooked by a lot of our amateur golfers, and that is the post-round analysis. What happens after you step off the golf course? What do you do then? And we're going to talk about a few things wow. there. But uh, first, let me, yeah, that's something we haven't really covered uh, very much. And I think that's, I think you would agree that's uh, that's an important area. It's good to obviously be focused during your round and, and uh, getting things set up and prepared before you even step out in the golf course. But what do you do once you hit that uh, or sunk that last putt? What do you do then? Um, we'll talk about a few different things uh, in, in the bag, if you will. But all right, uh, let me introduce our guest and then we'll bring her out. Uh, as I mentioned, her name is Austin Kim. Uh, and She currently resides in St. Augustine, Florida, a very beautiful part of the state. Uh, she played collegiate golf at Vanderbilt University and actually decided to pursue professional golf uh, because of her dad, obviously, and her sister, uh, August, who also played on the Epson Tour, but as we just found out, is retired from golf. Um, and uh, some of her hobbies include enjoys uh, watching movies, playing some video games, listening to music, and reading. Uh, favorite book is Fahrenheit 451 uh, by Ray Bradbury. Uh, and uh, she says if she weren't a professional golfer, she would be in law school. So I better behave this program or I might end up on the wrong end of a lawsuit. So we'll just be, uh, we'll be careful. Cindy, uh, go ahead and welcome our special guest, Austin Kim. Good morning, my dear. Hi, good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. Thank you for the lovely intro, and uh, thank you for having me. You well, we're could excited also you be join on us. radio. You've got a great <laughs> voice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. She does, actually. She's got a better one than I do. Um, do you want to go, do you wanna go first, too. Cindy? Yeah. No, you <laughs> well, can go okay. first. All right, so let's um, let's dial it back a little bit and talk about um, before we get into 
sort of more current times, um, your play at Vanderbilt. So what were some of the things that, and obviously it's a different format there because now you're part of a team as opposed to sort of doing things on your own now in the Epson. Um, what did you learn at Vanderbilt while playing on the women's golf team that's really transitioned how you play now? Uh, what did you learn there that's really helping you now at on tour? I think the team aspect really helped with um, with getting ready for competition, knowing what to expect because you have four other people around you who are really counting on you. Um, there's always the pressure to perform, and it's really important to just look past that and just try to execute the best you can. And I think every day playing as a professional, there's always that pressure to perform. There's always that little fear of failure that you have in the back of your mind. There's always that uh, impetus to work hard. So it's uh, translated very well. And uh, I'm able to really get those good things that I did in college and just, uh, just work on them harder now that I'm out of college. And I feel like having those teammates that I could rely on and knowing what I had to do as an athlete on that team really helps nowadays. And when you look back, um, playing on the, the golf team, obviously you had to be a good player just to make the team, but were there certain aspects of your game that the coach was really able to ramp up and, and make you a better player? Obviously over time uh, you're going to become better anyways, as you play more and practice more, but was there parts of your game going in that were maybe not up to snuff, but really you found you were able to dial in after that experience. Right. I think um, when I was growing up as a junior player in high school, that was kind of before um, I understood how important the mental aspect of the game was. I mean, I was playing in high school and middle school and, you know, I was really working on getting my consistency and getting my short game better, getting my putting better, but I didn't truly understand how important your mentality was uh, every time you stepped on the course or every time you went out to practice. So uh, after a couple of weeks in college, I finally understood this is just part of my game that I really need to work on and that I really want to get better. So um, every day my freshman year, I just really tried to have the best mentality possible and it's evolved from there. Yeah. And you had a great, uh, I mean, I mean, there's, too many to list them off, but you obviously received a lot of accolades, you know, throughout your, your time at Vanderbilt. So obviously you became a very accomplished player. Um, and then you had an opportunity, I believe last year, uh, to get into the Augusta Amateur uh, Championship. How was that experience? That had to be something that was pretty exciting for you. I did. Yeah. That's, uh, that's something that I'm probably going to remember for the rest of my life. Um, man, it's such an incredible week. The hospitality is, amazing as expected uh we got to play champions retreat which was a treat in, in itself and um play playing a practice round and playing an actual round at augusta national with all the crowds just there's nothing that compares to it and i just look back at that week so fondly it was an amazing experience and i'm definitely going to cherish those memories forever when you watch the Masters and you see some of the challenges that the, the players have had over the years with the greens and just some of the difficult lines and things like that, was it everything that you expected? Um, did it exceed your expectations as far as playability? 
um, and just give us an overall view of how you found the course. I mean, obviously, it's very aesthetically beautiful. Um, anybody that's been there will tell you that. Um, but how did you find playing on it? Was it was it more challenging than you, you thought it would be um, or about what you expected? So I'm a bit of a golf fanatic, uh, if, you ha- if you don't know. And <laughs> I, uh, I love watching golf after I play, too. So sometimes I'll practice all day and I'll come home and watch if there's a tournament on. And, um, I mean, that weekend I was probably just glued to the screen the entire, the entire day and just watching, like, oh, I've, I've been there on that course or, oh, I've, um, I remember hitting from that spot. So it's, uh, it was pretty cool to just watch the guys play uh, the same course that, uh, that I got to play. And they play every year, but uh, seeing them play from different, uh, different spots and just maneuvering around the course at a different level, it was also very cool to learn and watch. Yeah, I, I can just imagine. Uh, let me just ask one more sort of follow-up on that, um, and then, Cindy, I'll pass it over to you. Um, you, you mentioned that you uh, – obviously that you're a golf fanatic and you love to watch golf after you come off the golf course. Um, mm-hmm. What do you watch for or anything? I mean, do you just do it purely for the entertainment value, or are you actually looking uh, a little bit more – through the lens of, okay, what can I learn from here? Or are you just enjoying it for the entertainment value? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like sometimes yeah. amateur golfers, yeah. we watch it for, uh, you know, the pure enjoyment of it, but then at the same time we're saying, what can I learn from Rory or what can I learn from, you know, uh, somebody on the women's tour that's going to help my game? Do you do that as well? Yeah, so um, I'm a huge Rory fan, and I, I just watch every single weekend to cheer him on. But also – watching Scotty Scheffler go on a tear right now and being so consistent every single week. It's, I'm really trying to keep an eye out for how he's handling himself on the course, what he's doing, um, what his tee shots are looking like, what his approaches are looking like. Um, just, I'm, I'm just trying to absorb as much information I can. And um, it's pretty interesting listening to the broadcasters talk about uh, the player shots, their shot types or, how they're approaching the greens or what they're doing in certain situations. And it's really interesting to listen to golf channels analysis after the rounds as well. So I just try to learn as much as I can. Yeah. I think it's, I think we all kind of secretly do a little bit of that. Um, Cindy, go ahead. (laughs) What's your favorite thing about playing professional golf? I believe it's the competition. I mean, People always talk about how cutthroat uh, women's golf is, and it's definitely true even at the Epson Tour level. But um, because of how competitive it is, I just I'm not really focusing on anyone else. I'm just focusing on myself and what I can do better, and just really trying to bring out the best golfer in me every single week. And I think that's truly an amazing opportunity that only a few people get to have. What are you looking to improve within yourself? I'm looking to improve, I guess, empathy for myself. Um, Professional golf is not an easy occupation. It is not extremely lucrative at the moment for women. And what I'm trying to do is not put a ton of pressure on myself every single week to perform. 
I know that I'm a good enough athlete. I know that I'm a good enough person. I know that I have a life and family and friends outside of golf as well, and a score does not define me. And um, I'm just trying to play every single week, every single round, every single shot with uh, zero expectations that are unrealistic. I'm just trying to keep it real at the moment, and I know that I can perform if I really apply um, myself to it. So uh, it seems to be working out well so far. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Long Island in New York, and um, we moved down to Florida when I was uh, in middle school to pursue golf a little bit better. And where did you go to high school? I went to Nice High School down in uh, Ponte Vedra. And was that a golf school? It was not, no. Um, I actually went for the International Baccalaureate program there, and um, I happened to play on their golf team, and uh, it was a it was a really good balance of academics and athletics, and uh, prepared me for college. Got it, got it. So that's why Saint Augustine. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Because it was just odd. Saint Augustine is just different, you know. Most kids, or Orlando, or you know, Dallas, or Houston, or. L.A. or mm, somewhere. That's right. That's right. St. Augustine's beautiful, though. It really is. It really is. And what do you do for fun? So um, <laughs> I do a lot of different things. I get bored a little a little easily, but um, I try to read on the road to keep my brain active. Um, I love doing the crossword in my free time. Uh I like watching movies when I travel, and um, I I travel with my PlayStation as well. So if I have some downtime, then I'll be playing some video games here and there. How? Tell me about what you would do. Um. On a pro am day, if you're not in the pro am, what would you do? If mm, okay. So I'll probably get in a good night's sleep, try to go to bed early the night before, um, get in probably about 10 hours, and I'll wake up, get a good breakfast, um, go practice right after breakfast. I'll probably get in a couple hours of short game, uh, a couple hours of long game, uh, use uh, use a launch monitor to get my uh, – carry distances dialed a little bit more, double-check them, uh, practice some practice some shots that I'd probably hit on the course, depending on how windy it is, um, making sure that I get some tee shot practice in with uh, my woods and driver, and then uh, putt for a couple hours, do some precision putting and some distance and some speed, and uh, just call it a day. Got it. What kind of launch monitor? Trackman? I use the GC Quad by Foresight. Got it. Then let me uh, let me ask you a little bit about your practice routine. Um, just, I guess, for the benefit of of our amateur listeners, uh, obviously they're not going to go to the same extent that you do. But give us an idea. Walk us through a typical practice day for you. What do you do? You get up, obviously, you have a good breakfast, and and then you're you know heading out to the golf course. What do you do? How do you start your practice routine? 
Right. Um, it's definitely about being intentional. So, um, of course, I set a couple hours here and there, but depending on the type of player and person you are, uh, it's definitely quality over quantity. So once you step on the course, you got to make sure that your mind is there. You can't just be dilly-dallying all over the place uh, without your mind there. So I always try to make sure that, you know, my mentality is that I'm here to practice, I'm here to work, I'm here to um, make sure that I'm getting better today. And whichever part of my game that I start on, um, I try to be intentional with what do I want to work on today? What did I feel like I needed to work on more yesterday? So um, I'll usually start with short game uh, before I hit balls, just because I like to warm up with smaller swings a little bit more. So I'll uh, make sure to work on what needs um, some improvement, um, do some skill shots around the green, just try to move around, get those skills honed down a little bit, and then go to the range. Like I said, um, work on some carry distances. I want to make sure that I still have those numbers in the back of my head and double-check them as often as possible, uh, do some technique work here and there, uh, practice the shots that I know that I might need in the upcoming week or the upcoming tournament, uh, just trying to be more mindful of how I'm approaching, so not just standing in the same spot and beating balls over and over, just uh, going through my pre-shot routine uh, and being able to step out and step back in, uh, practicing uh, with intention and knowing the types of shots that I want to hit, the types of moves that I want to execute. And um, once I'm done with that, uh, with putting, I feel like... Uh, distance control and speed has been very important to me the past few weeks and uh, important to anyone who really wants to improve their putting. So just making sure that the speed control is healthy, um, checking my lines first. I always try to calibrate my eyes and straight lines first before I start putting around the green and um, making sure that I have that benchmark set. And uh, once that feels good and uh, there are no really big flaws that stand out to me. I'll make sure to go around the green and practice the things that need practicing. Would it be safe to say that, and obviously that's a very lengthy practice routine compared to what most amateurs uh, certainly need. They're not out on tour and they're not needing to maybe dial in, but would you say it's pretty opposite to what you see most uh, amateur players uh, that you've witnessed on the on the range, they tend to just sort of be raking and hitting balls and not really putting any sort of uh, purpose or thought into it. Is that pretty accurate, you think? Uh, <laughs> I'd say so. Uh, not everyone, but yes, I'd, I'd say so. I that That's probably the biggest thing. I agree, yeah. And, and just to sort of piggyback on something Cindy was asking earlier, um, you know, you explained what you're doing when you're not in in a in a um, a pro am. But when you are in a pro am, what are some of the things that you notice? And I mean, I, I know you don't want to, you know, be too specific. Uh, um, but what are some of the things that you know? <laughs> and it's okay. We're 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 happy to uh, to uh, bring this up. But um, when you watch some of the amateurs out there in the pro ams. Uh, a lot of obviously corporate and things like that. What are some of the common things that you see, the mistakes that you see them make? What are they doing most often that's not benefiting their game? For long game, I'd say trying to kill the ball. 
um, mm-hmm. because like I think every single golfer who's been playing for a long time knows that if you try to kill the ball, it's not really going to go anywhere. Um, tempo, <laughs> balance, <laughs> tempo, right. balance, rhythm. Um, I'd, I'd say tempo, balance, and rhythm are really important. Uh, just swing smooth um, to kind of counter that, just making sure that the club face feels heavy and um, just trying to swing smooth and um, not trying to kill the ball. Uh, that that's probably the most important thing I'd say to counter that and with putting just um, the head coming up every single time, like before the yeah. ball even leaves the club face. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you think a lot of it too, uh, you know, Cindy and I have talked about this and this is why I was just curious to get your thoughts on it. Um, do you think club selection is a, is a big uh, issue with them as well? You know, maybe um, they're hitting a six iron when it should be a five iron. Uh, or maybe even a hybrid, um, poor club selection. A lot of cases, do you think that's another big one that they uh, they don't seem to understand? Mm, I think that's a good example. Yes, um, especially if you're if you don't really know how far your clubs are carrying, or uh, if you expect a perfect shot with a club that might end up a little bit short most of the time. I think it's uh, kind of important to think about the law of averages there. Um, just choke down on the longer club and swing a little bit softer and you'll get to the green most of the time. When you're mid-round and things are not going well, not going the way that you practice for, you prepared for, all of that good stuff, how do you regain focus? focus? What do you say to yourself or what do you do internally to get yourself back in the game? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, I've definitely found myself in that situation a couple of times. Um, you know, I, I, everyone knows the feeling. You know, I've, you can either think I've worked hard. Why isn't it happening? Um, why is this happening to me? Kind of going into that self-pity mode. And I hate the feeling, and it's very easy to fall into that. And I've definitely had a few moments like that uh, this year, but it's really important for me personally to regroup and I know the struggles that I've been through. I, I, I know how hard golf can be. And that's kind of the first thing that I tell myself golf is hard. This is a very hard game. And I'm, I have a really difficult job. I'm playing every single day. And um, before I play every single round, I really try to make sure that I have my expectations in check. Like, you know, today might not go as planned or today might not be the round that I'm looking for. The only thing that I can really control is how I approach these shots, how I um, how I visualize, how I, uh, how I contain my attitude, how I project my attitude, and how I execute. So um, if I find myself in that position, I, I know that you know, I've been trying my best and I've made a couple of mental errors, but the thing that I can do in this moment is uh, change my mentality if I'm kind of asking those questions and, you know, understand that it's a difficult game. And uh, from then on in the round, just trying to do my best and make the best decisions I can and uh, just be kind to myself. And a lot of the players, we've interviewed a number over the years, and one of the problems that has crept up and you may have found yourself in a situation from time to time um, when particularly when things are not going 
um, that well. You tend to really dial in and grind in on the game. But at the same time, kind of forget to, that, you know, you've you got to have some fun when you're out there. So what do you do to do that, to make sure that you're not getting so bogged down with the numbers and the stats and, mm-hmm. and all of that and right. just go out there and have a, a good time? Because uh, the reason I point that out is, you know, I've, I've looked over some of the stats that you had this season as far as where you finish, and you just finished tied second in the last event, the Island uh, uh, Championship that just happened this past week. So you're working your way up, and you're literally knocking at the door. So you're at a very precarious time right now where you could very easily step into the winner's circle. You've got the game for it. So how do you find balance to say to myself, okay, I'm going to have fun while I'm out here. I know I've got to dial it in and, and make sure I stay focused. But I also want to make sure I'm enjoying it. Otherwise, you know, you know what happens is when you go down that rabbit hole too long, then suddenly you lose interest in wanting to play. How do you keep that balance? Right. That's a good question. I think um, this year the biggest difference in my game is that I'm really enjoying the competition, like those moments where my heart is racing and I know that there's something on the line rather than being fearful about uh, what if this turns out bad. Uh, thinking, what if it turns out right? What if it what if it works in my favor? What if it what if it ends up okay? So, um, I think really having that positive mindset and um, just being open to whatever happens and keeping my expectations in check, I've been really enjoying those moments of competition and the last round of this past week. I mean. I slept with the lead and I had a two stroke or I had a one stroke lead uh, heading into the final round. And I'd, I'd never been in that situation before, but um, before the round, I just really tried to relax myself, my mind and embrace the situation. And I think acknowledging the situations that I'm in and understanding the, the positions of privilege that I have to have uh, this, to have this feeling of pressure and uh, knowing what the outcome could be. Uh, it's been very beneficial for me and just having this positive outlook every single time that I play golf, it's been, uh, it's been life changing. Very good. Um, Sadiq, go ahead. Wow. I'm learning lessons. Thank you. <laughs> this is great. You really love what you do, don't you? I've uh, Yes, I've found a lot of love for it. Um, it's taken a lot to get to this point, but um, yes, it's, uh, it's something that I love to do. You're going to be so successful at this. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, Thank just, you. I'm really, really, really impressed with your attitude. Who helps you? Thank you. My parents have helped me a lot with um, with the day-to-day life. And um, honestly, last year was such a struggle for me. Uh, I, I went through a really tough period in college. And my first, I, I uh, played a half season on Epson last year, but um, my first half year in professional golf was not what I was expecting. And I struggled a lot on the course. I struggled a lot with life and um even though how or even the difficult moments last year really helped shape the person that I've become today so embracing the good and the bad and 
um, I'm very fortunate to come out and play this game and learn the lessons that I've learned so far. Good for you. Because it's you. not easy. Yeah, it's not it easy. It is not, no. <laughs> it is not, no. And it doesn't matter how old you are. I'm on my way to um, play a practice round at the Senior LPGA Championship, and um, I'm really old. <laughs> and I'm in the field, and I played a practice round yesterday, and there were four or five holes that I was like, this is 185 carry into the wind, over water, uphill. And I'm like, can I carry this? And I'm like, please, God, move the tees up. And, and Alan said, my husband, who played on tour for 15 years, played the Masters five times, he goes, you're the one that wanted to come to the party. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, how many years uh, do I put funny. myself through this? So uh, like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're, <laughs> sometimes you're standing over shots and saying a prayer at the same time. So I definitely agree. Yes, yes, I definitely you understand. Are. Yes, you mm-hmm. are. So thank you for teaching this old broad something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Well, you are mm. truly a blessing. So good luck to you. Thank you very much. Good luck to you uh, this upcoming tournament. Thank you. Yeah. I hope to God I yeah, make Aust- it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Austin, it, it has Where been a are pleasure. Where you playing and, this you week, know. honey? I just have to ask that. Where are you playing this week? So we have a couple of weeks off, and um, the next tournament I play will be in Connecticut. Okay. And when is French the- Lick? French Lick is uh, it's the first week of August. August 3rd okay. or 6th. Did you play there last year? I did, yes. Yeah. This, where I am right now, is 30 miles from there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just beautiful. It's As mm-hmm. is French Lake. It's very pretty. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. pretty. Very pretty. Very good. Well, good luck, my dear. Well, thank you. Thank you, you too. Well, well, Austin, it's been a pleasure, and, and thank you very much for joining us. Um, it, it's definitely been an honor, and and I concur with with Cindy. Um, you know, you have, uh, you, you know, I, I think you really not only know your game, but you just have such a great presence and such a great attitude and, and everything about you. And I agree with her. I think that you're going to have a very successful career, um, you know, uh, as you move forward. And I predict, um, I predict at least one win this season on Epson, and I think that you're going to end up getting into the top ten and getting your card. With that attitude, um, you've got, uh, uh, and what you've learned over the last several years, particularly last year from your play, um, and ha- still having such a strong, positive attitude, I think it's going to serve you well. So good luck the rest of the season, and we're going to be rooting for you. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate that. Um, I hope it all works out. I hope- I'll I'll try my hardest. It will. <laughs> yeah, and then you come back and tell us all. That. Yeah, and then you come back and tell us all about the win. So, uh, Austin Kim, thank okay. you very much, and and good luck uh, in the next uh, next event. Thank you very much. Oh, all right, bye bye. Thank bye-bye. you. Bye bye. Wow, what a great player. All right. Yeah, but very good. You know, very articulate too. When you listen to her, there's a lot of confidence in what she talks about and explains things, not a lot of, hmm, uh, you know, 
uh, and that's I'm not saying that as a criticism to others, but you know, very very dialed in on on what she has to do, where she's been, what she's you know got to do moving forward, and just a lot of confidence there. And uh, you know, even though she's said that last season was a struggle for her, um, she still moves forward with with a certain authority and certain certain confidence. And that's not an easy thing to do, especially at her age uh, coming up. But uh, we'll see where it goes. A quick message from Golf Tips, and then we're going to dip into the no BS zone and talk about post-round analysis. We'll be right back. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to golftipsmag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back. And we're now going to enter the no BS zone. And Cindy and I are going to talk about post-round uh, analysis. Cindy, this, as I said at the top of the show, this is an area that a lot of amateurs even pay attention to, don't focus on. The round's over. They're heading into the 19th hole, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I still think that you need to pay attention to what has happened during the round and analyze what went on and, and see if you can take away some, some things from it. And I think one way to do that, Cindy, is, um, and the first point we'll, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit, is to keep stats. And there's a number of ways to do that. You can do it sort of what I call manually, where you can just jot some things down, how many putts you make uh, each hole, how many greens in regulation, um, you know, sand saves, there's all those things. Um, uh, or you can, if you're a little bit more tech savvy, there's some great golf stat apps out there, and we can mention a few of them here in a moment. But what do you think about that? And maybe there's some other things that people should be jotting down as well. But do you agree that this is an area that is really overlooked by a lot of amateurs? Um, and talk a little bit about the importance of keeping stats. Well, I think your emotions can get in the way. Um, I'll give you an example. We've got a young man that we teach, and this past week was the Under Armour Summer Nationals, and this young man works really hard on his game. He comes for lessons three times a week, and he's been he's going to be a senior in high school, and he's been going to play in tournaments in Canada, uh, hurricane tour events, and mm-hmm. he's Every time he comes back, he tells me how good he's hitting it. But he shoots 80, 82, 83, but I hit it really good. I'm like, well, how can you hit it that good and shoot 82, 83, and he doesn't give me a stat. Right. And um, he went to the Under Armour Summer Nationals, and I'm watching the live scoring, and he shoots 72 the first round, finally, right, a breakthrough. And yep. he's his he said, I'm not really hitting it very good. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, you're hitting it terrible, <laughs> but you shot even par. And right. his mom's texting and says, oh, he really needs a lesson. 
you know, it, he's he says he's hitting it terrible. He's got all these tournaments coming up, and you know, he sends videos to Allen. It, it's like stop with the emotion, and mm-hmm. what are the stats? So you have to stop, you know, with the highs and lows. No emotion. Where's the ball going? And what are you doing to yep. make the ball go there? And until you're willing to look in the mirror to figure that out, you can't get better. So yes, you have to have stats. Yeah, and just just on a side note, um, you know, I wish I could turn around and say I dropped ten strokes between one event and the next. I mean, even if I was hitting the ball like like uh, like that, uh, not well, and still dropped ten strokes from the previous event, I think I'd still be pretty happy. But you, you raise a valid point, though. You know, uh, you got to take the emotion out of it. And the reason why stats are important is it it shows and outlines not only the positive parts of your game, but also the areas that need improvement. Maybe it's your short game. Maybe it's your putting. Um, and it, and it, it, it serves twofold. It not only helps you, the player, but if you're working with somebody like Cindy and Allen uh, as, as, uh, you know, as, as a coach, it gives you vital statistics to be able to look at and say, okay, you know, here, Bobby, or here, you know, Sandy, or whatever, um, you know, here's some areas that we need to work on to get you up to that next level. Um, and without that, you're just, it's a lot of guesswork. And, and the second point I want to make is you also, I mean, you certainly have to focus on areas that you're struggling with, but you need to also take away the positives, right, Cindy? Because I think if you're focusing on the negatives all the time and the bad shots and not really looking at the positives, you're doing yourself an injustice there as well, right? Correct. Correct. And again, sometimes it's not as bad as you think it is. And you have to say, wow, I'm really doing better. Pat yourself on the back. So, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Well, and also going back to your player, a lot of times they overlook, as you just pointed out, the positives, and they focus on those two or three really bad shots. Those seem to rise to the surface. And, you know, they're thinking, well, I, you know, I hit a couple of bad shots or I didn't hit as many greens in regulation, but they fail to notice that, hey, they got a lot of, they made a lot of up and downs. You know, they recovered very well. I mean, Tiger talked about this all the time. You know, he, he'd go out and he'd, you know, shoot some phenomenal score and he'd say, well, I didn't really play my A game. And people would be scratching their heads. What the hell do you mean you didn't play your A game? You know, he just shot, you know, 67 on the golf course and you weren't playing your A game. And then he'd go out and he'd hit, you know, you know, barely scratch par, and he'd say, oh, yeah, I was just hitting it real well out there today, and just, you know, really everything was firing in all cylinders, and people, again, are looking at themselves, wait a minute, you know, last week you shot a 67, this week you're barely breaking par, and you're talking about how well you're playing, and it just doesn't add up. But what they're talking about is really focusing on the positives. They're taking away the positives from that, that particular situation. The next point I want to move into, and this is one, um, and I'm going to sort of preface this a little, uh, only do this, number one, if you're not fatigued, and it's likely, again, the most important part, to be productive, and that is to hit the range. So if you come off a bad round or you come off the golf course and you've noticed some things are not working right, it's okay to go to the range. The pros certainly have done it, um, but I think there needs to be some parameters. Number one, it, it needs to be a productive session. Um, correct? Or I think you need to maybe wait, go back the next day, let you, let yourself cool off, let the emotions get out of it and maybe go the next day and work on some of those things. What are your thoughts? 
Well, yeah, if you're totally ticked off, that's not going to help. You know, not if you're in a rage. You got to be grown up about it and relax your muscles so you can feel something. So if you're ticked off, don't bother going to the range. If you know what you're doing and you want to work on something and you're going to be an adult, then yeah, go hit some balls. But if not, don't bother because it's not going to help. Yeah. And and I think, yeah, and I think too, even if it's a good round, even if you had a good round, you're kind of jazzed up because you were really, you know, striping your drives. You wanted to just go out and have that, that sort of uh, high again and, and getting out there. Um, you've got to be careful of fatigue. I mean, you've just come off the course playing 18 holes and now all of a sudden you want to go and, and bang another, you know, large bucket of balls. Well, that's not always the smart thing either. Now you run the risk of potential injuries and things like that. And also too, sometimes you just need to kind of walk away and say, Hey, I had a great round today. I'm, I'm excited about that. I've you know, made note of my stats, what I'm going to do, uh, what I, you know, areas that maybe weren't up to snuff and, and walk away and just enjoy, uh, you know, the fruits of, of today's labor um, and, and not get so bogged down in everything and then come back another day and, and, you know, work on some things if need be. But, um, and I think the other thing too is sometimes you just have to have a break. If you're not playing well, um, even if you're playing competitive, um, you'll see this sometimes maybe because they're concerned of injury or other issues, but sometimes you just need to walk away temporarily from the game, take a week off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just take a break. The other I mean, thing you know, <clears throat> with what August just said, be intentional. So if you, if you're practicing with intent and you know what you're doing and you have mm. swing thoughts or cues, like I'll never forget when we were going to Australia, Alan was waiting for a brand new set of clubs because his irons were illegal and the new clubs weren't coming. And I was like, Oh my God, what are you going to do? And he said, Oh, they'll show up. Don't worry. They'll come. And I'm like, well, what if, what if they come the day before we leave? He goes, well, what do you mean? He goes, I'll just take the new clubs. I go, well, you won't have hit them. And he goes, it's not a big deal. A five iron's a five iron. It doesn't matter if I hit a five iron here in the dome or I hit a five iron at Augusta National on the 18th hole. It, you know, a five iron's a five iron. I got to do the same swing and the same pre-shot routine. It doesn't matter. I'm like, oh, and I never thought of it that way. And, he, you know, he goes to Australia, hadn't played in a tournament in 10 years, and finishes in the top 10. I'm like, wow. well, there you go. There's a difference in the way people think. I'm a lunatic, right? right? And so, again, <laughs> she's thinking like a champion, and so is he. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. i got to go practice. I'm the bunny rabbit running around. And so, again, yesterday I was really – mindful of relax your arm let's swing the club you know you're really old let's try to make this a different tournament (laughs) rather than be the lunatic right and be intentional so if you are you don't have to practice all the time because you know what you're doing so that would be a smart way to play Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and that goes into this next one is don't get too technical. Your, your swing is, is, is fine. And, and, you know, really what we're talking about here is, you know, as you're doing your post-round analysis, 
you know, don't get into the, the technical aspects of the swing. It's not really that important. You know, you're swinging a golf club. You're not, um, you know, you're not measuring out the, the, and framing a house. And a lot of people get caught up. And, and, I, and I have to say this, and I, I know I'm probably going to get slapped for this, but sometimes, I hate to say it, but sometimes in instruction, we get too technical. Some do, not everybody, but some of them get too technical. And it's very, very confusing, and it's hard, um, you know, for, for sometimes the students to really understand because they're thinking about, and that's what happens. It translates into the pre-shot routine. It translates out in the court. Now they're thinking, okay, I've got to keep my elbow here. I've got to do this. And they've got about 14 different things they're thinking about in the golf course. And so they're just out there swinging the golf club and letting essentially the ball get in the way. And so don't get so technical on it. Um, you know, your swing is pretty good. Are there some things that need improvement? Yes. And that's what that post-round analysis is, to jot these things down. And as I mentioned, I'm going to very quickly uh, point a couple out. Um, I mentioned earlier that there was some great uh, golf apps. So uh, there was a website I was visiting uh, recently, and it's called Golfable, and it's uh, G-O-L-F-I-B-L-E dot com. And they break down for 2023 uh, some of the best golf stat apps out there on the market right now. Um, their editor choice was called, uh, it's called Golf Shot, um, which uh, they indicate that the um, free version, most of these, uh, pretty much all of these actually do have a both a free and uh, a subscription model, a subscription, a subscription, excuse me, to offer some more features, which is typical with, with apps and things like that. But um, their editor choice was Golf Shot, uh, which has some great features in it, helps you keep uh, track of those stats, um, which is great, especially for you tech-savvy folks out there, as I mentioned earlier. Um, the Grint, uh, spelt G-R-I-N-T, uh, is uh, one of the best golf stat apps on, on a budget, so it's a little bit more economical. Um, and they also have one uh, called 18 Birdies, which is, again, one of the best golf stat apps with Swing Analyzer. So there's some other features there that uh, maybe you might be. Um, and then best purely free version golf stats app is Golf Stats Coach. Uh, and uh, the last one is uh, this one has best golf stats uh, app with Rangefinder. Uh, it's called Swing by Swing. So those are so Golf Shot, The Grint, 18 Birdies, Golf Stats Coach, and Swing by Swing are the top five that they've picked in this particular. And there's others that you certainly want to look around it, so do your due diligence. But those are some of the ones there um, that you can do if you want to, if you don't want to be jotting it down. Many of them are very easy. They'll work, uh, and obviously you have to research it and that. But those are great uh, apps. And what's really nice is most of the apps, I haven't gone into a deep dive in all of these, but most of them will allow you the ability to share with your teaching pro or your coach. So in real time, so a lot of times as you're maybe playing around or doing things uh, to work on your game and you're not with, uh, you know, your, your coach or your, your teacher professionals, then you can actually upload or send, and sometimes it can do in real time, where they will get the stats um, from your most recent round. And a lot of times you can, you can keep, uh, it could be 10 or even 20 rounds, so they can get an, a great overview. So I think that's a great way... And, and really eliminates the excuse for not keeping them. But um, another one too, Cindy, and this is one I wish a lot of people would do, is if you had, if you've just come off and it was a really bad round, um, treat it like a funeral, bury it. 
Um, don't you agree? I mean, how many people come off and they're just, and even weeks down the road, they're still thinking about that tournament or that event that they played in three weeks ago and still talking about all the bad shots, dragging the baggage along through the airport, like I've said so many times. Your thoughts? Totally. Surrender. You know, you gotta. You gotta get over it. And you gotta learn from it. Just like August said, she had a terrible year last year. She had to learn a lot of lessons. And look, listen to what she says. She's so grateful to be out there. And she could have quit, but she didn't. Yep. You know, so you got to be grateful. Or decide, like her sister, I'm going to go to med school. You know, mm-hmm. she had the opportunity to play, and now I'm going to med school. Yep, so. exactly. And, yeah, and you've got to, yeah, you've got to really – you know, part of the post-run analysis is not just the stats and things like that. It's also really assessing your attitude towards things. And, and as Austin um, is uh, that was talking about earlier, is you know she really doesn't just sit and focus on the numbers all the time and things like that. She focuses and works on her attitude and and her yeah. love of the game, right? And and yeah, she talks about how she really focuses on trying to work on keeping a good attitude because it's tough. I mean, she she talked about going through a, a struggle in 2022, um, but at the same breath, she's talking about some great experiences. She played the Augusta Amateur uh, Championship, National Championship. You know, that was a great experience, and she's focusing on that. She had some great memories at Vanderbilt. Um, certainly, there were some struggles, I'm sure, along the way, but she focused on the positive and, and keeping that positive energy. But that doesn't mean she negates or ignores some of the, the struggles, it just means she doesn't dwell and focus on them. And that's, I think, the big difference really between professionals and amateurs is the amateurs tend to dwell on all the negative aspects of the round where the, the um, professionals focus on the positives. And then they make adjustments well, to try to, right? Yeah, and they, I read something yesterday from Annika. She said, this is hard to do, but I have learned to focus on what I'm doing instead of where it might go. You know, there you go. You know, I'm going to focus on what I'm doing instead of where it might go. I got to be focused on what I'm doing with the, you know, what do I need to do right here, right now, instead of where the ball might go. Well, what a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Be in control of what you're doing. Yeah. Where your mind, um, where your mind is, is, is where you're going to go, is where your body's going to follow. So if you're thinking, you know, in negative, you're thinking that you're, you're not doing things correct, your body's going to respond. Uh, and this sort of brings up the yeah. final one. This might seem really simple, but um, if you think you're in a slump, then you are. Um, that, that really sums that up, is, is if you think that you're in, you know, that was one thing, you know, I can remember over the years, uh, in, in interviews that, that Jack Nicholas um, had with, with reporters and things. And they would say, you know, you've had a couple of, uh, you know, which wasn't a lot that often, but, you know, he would have a couple of tournaments that didn't. And, you know, they would try to inject, you know, the, the, the phrase, you know, are you in a slump? And he would never receive that. You know, he just said, look, you know, this happened or that happened. And, I, you know, here's – and he would always turn it around. And that's what the better players do. I mean, it's very easy – to think that you're in a slump. Um, and if you think that, then you are. Um, and, you know, what, what people don't get 
is every shot and every round is different. It's never going to be the same. Tighten and make it more consistent by doing certain things. But it all starts with the attitude, and that was one of the things that Austin talked about uh, in her interview today was really about keeping that focus. And she could have very easily, as as you were pointing out or alluding to, uh, gone down that rabbit hole very easily. Um, when you have a, yep. a dip, right, right. I mean, you you yeah. understand because you know you you've made no bones about it here on the show over the years. You know, you you talked a little bit here and there about some of your struggles and how easy it is when you get out there and things are not going the way you want. How easily you can get distracted. How easily you can get kind of down the dump. And that's something that you've um, mentioned many times uh, as a player yourself, right? It's not easy. No, not. Not. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, you know, you even from the shot, you know, you, you talked about earlier, uh, you know, having to hit and clear 185 yards to carry, you know, whether it be water or hazard or what have you, um, right away that presents a challenge. And unfortunately, most amateurs fall into that trap where they focus on the negative aspect. How am I going to do this? How am I going to get this? Instead of saying, okay, what do I need to do to ensure success? So, okay, I need to club up. Instead of hitting that six iron, maybe I've got to hit that five iron, or maybe I take, you know, a fairway wood, or I've got to do something to get over um, that particular situation. And again, I think that's the difference between professionals. And I know, you know, we're, we're just sort of, you were just sort of kidding around about some things, but, but essentially that's the truth. And that goes to Alan's point that he said earlier, um, or that you were mentioning earlier, where, you know, five iron is a five iron, um, whether he's hitting in the dome or he's out in the golf course. So to him, it didn't really matter because he understands and gets that. Kudos right. to you, Alan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But again, if you haven't so, been there, you don't know, right? So yep. live and learn. You got to learn, but yep. not always easy and that, here. And that's really to to sum up the post round analysis is be sure to keep your stats. You always want to know where you're at that particular day because each day is going to be different. And by keeping those stats, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to know where you've been, but also it gives you an idea of where you need to go what you need to do to get yourself in a different position. So if you're not hitting the ball well, you're not playing well, um, understanding those stats is going to help you dial in and focus on the areas um, that most need improvement. But it also lets you know what you're doing well. And if you don't keep those stats, you know, come the next time you go out and play, maybe a week from now, two weeks from now, you've forgotten everything. You don't have that information handy. And so it's important to do that. And it's important to always take away positives. Again, you're going to focus on uh, and, and be aware of, not focus rather, but be aware of circumstances that are not um, serving you well. But you've got to take away positives because otherwise, if you don't focus on the positives and you're always focusing on the negatives, it's not going to serve you well. Any final thoughts, Cindy? You hit the nail on the head, bud. Nope. All right. You. Well, I think we can wrap it. that up. I think we can wrap that up. If you uh, are tuning in towards the end of the show and you missed uh, some of the earlier, you can go to uh, blogtalkradio.com 
slash women of golf. That's our main page, and you can scroll down to the on-demand section, and the recorded version is going to be there in just a moment or two as it gets ready to compile. So if you've missed it, uh, and you can scroll down and see all of the previously aired shows as well. So I hope you'll do that. Um, in the meantime, uh, a special thanks again to our guest, Austin Kim, for joining us from the LPJ Epson Tour. Good luck in uh, a couple of weeks. And um, thank you for, uh, for listening to Cindy and I. We'll be back next week here with another great guest and uh, another great discussion here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody and have a great week. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.